Welcome to The Listening Well. I'm Shirley Jihad. We emerge now from isolation and pandemic into a new kind of season of rebirth. Still, the reality is ever-present of divisions exposed. Each of our stories this season is an indicator of that tension, how we're pulling away from each other and how we're striving to come together. You're listening to Divided States, efforts to pull together when things fall apart. Another issue bubbling up is a fight over stories, over what kind of history and whose history is taught in schools. This is playing out loudly in more conservative media outlets. Critical race theory is here to ultimately destroy the economy, right? Critical race theory doesn't want an economy that runs on capitalism and free markets and freedom of choice and all of those things and human ingenuity. It wants giant systems of socialism and Marxism. All students would be taught if their ethnicity makes them a victim or an oppressor. When you promote a theory of hate that specifically targets a particular group of people, i.e. being white, that is a discussion and affects every American in this country. In states across the country now, Republican leaders are pushing proposals to ban the teaching of critical race theory in schools. Several states already approved those bans. It may sound like a new line in an old story, like Book Burning 2.0. California, on the other hand, recently approved an effort to bring more ethnic studies into more classrooms. Johnny Dorsal explains how that effort has its own twisty history. It's the spring of 2021, and the California State Board of Education is doing something that has never been done before. I move that we adopt the ethnic studies model curriculum draft. We'll take a roll call vote. Member Burr. Aye. Don't let the mundane nature of this vote fool you. Member Sun. Aye. Motion carries unanimously. California just became the first state to have an ethnic studies curriculum available for all its K-12 students. The result could change how future generations understand history, specifically the history of people of color. This is not a mandatory curriculum, at least not yet. But if it does become a school requirement, California could be the catalyst that motivates the rest of the country to shape whose history is taught and how. For now, the California decision will likely impact students such as Kaylin Perez. I am in eighth grade and I am 14 years old. She is getting ready to enter high school here in Los Angeles. I recently quizzed her to get some insight into what kind of cultural history she's learned up to this point. Do you know anything about the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II? Actually, no, I really don't know anything. Okay. What can you tell me about Cesar Chavez? Well, I just know that he was a, um, a person who um, helped people. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I think something about a strike, to be honest. Can you tell me about Frederick Douglass? Another name. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I definitely couldn't answer any of those questions when I was in eighth grade. It makes me wonder, whose history are we learning in school anyway? I mean, I remember being told about Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, but growing up on the East Coast, I never learned anything about Cesar Chavez, 
In fact, I can't even recall ever learning anything about the treatment of Japanese Americans during World War II. And other than the history of Christopher Columbus, I honestly can't remember hearing much about Native Americans either. I just know that in America, there's not just,、um, you know, people of one race. It's a variety of people, and it would feel very welcoming to people who are coming from other countries or, you know, aren't born here to learn about their cultural traditions or history. Personally, I'm Hispanic, so I would definitely love to learn more about my culture and Mexico. But sadly, I feel like we're more focused on the American history than anything else. The question for Kaylin, millions of students and educators, and American society is whose story is important and who gets to tell that story? That is what's at the heart of a fierce debate here in California over the ethnic studies model curriculum. Proponents feel the approved curriculum is a successful first step in bringing more stories of underrepresented people into classrooms. However, people who oppose these lesson plans range from left to right politically. Before we get into all of that, let's go back. Back about half a century. This effort to bring more ethnic studies into schools has its own storied history. In 1968, a coalition of ethnic student groups at San Francisco State University embarked on a campus strike to rebuke the lack of diversity at the school and to demand a new curriculum that would be more representative for people of color. This group called itself the Third World Liberation Front. And went on strike for five months, the longest strike ever by students in the U.S. The strikes were an organized coalition of students and teachers who protested by holding rallies, marches, and sit-ins on campus. In response to confrontations between students and police, the campus was briefly shut down. Once it reopened, striking students urged students not to attend classes. The strikers received a large amount of backlash, including from then Governor of California Ronald Reagan. Thousands and thousands of legitimate students who want to go to school and are enrolled there have a right to go to school, and they have no right to allow a little militant minority, both of faculty and students, to close down the university and deny the others their right to the education that they're they're trying to get. And all it takes is the courage to stand up and take whatever. Action is necessary to ensure that the majority can go about their business as they obviously want to do. But protesters didn't back down. Now, don't ask us to understand. Don't say, "Well, you little colored guys and you black guys should try to go along with law and order." Law and order is not set up for us. This is the only time in the history of the United States, or、uh, in the history of, of college institutions, when we've had a planned, planned, planned riot. And nobody got hurt. This was the genesis of the pioneering work of Albert Camarillo. So ethnic studies, as it's founded in the late 1960s, is really about what at that time called underrepresented minorities:、um, African Americans, Latinos, Mexican Americans, Asian Americans, Native Americans. Dr. Camarillo is a professor of American history emeritus at Stanford University. And a specialist in comparative studies of race and ethnicity in the Mexican American experience in California, he says his generation, the first generation of students of color going to college, saw nothing reflecting themselves or their backgrounds in their classes. Nothing, nada. In fact, it was all bad. And so it's my generation that said we've got to carve out in in higher education this space 
to understand race and ethnicity. This effort was all based on the basic principle. Students like to see themselves in history, see their own stories in history. My name is Dr. Karen Korematsu. I'm the founder and the executive director of the Fred T. Korematsu Institute uh, in San Francisco and the daughter of the late uh, civil rights icon, Fred Korematsu. Dr. Korematsu has been one of the most vocal proponents for the ethnic studies model curriculum. Prejudice is ignorance. And you know our most powerful weapon, actually, is education. We need to educate this generation and future generations so they can make change. I mean, um, unfortunately, it's going to be down to them. Perhaps Korematsu's hope for the future generation is due to the reaction of many people in the present. The far-reaching education plan pushed by Korematsu and other advocates fell under intense scrutiny. For over four hours, people called into the California Board of Education session with criticisms. Hello, my name is Lydia Person. Um, I oppose this curriculum. The Department of Education, teachers, school, politicians have created a hostile environment for many students. Hello, my name is Lisa Aberbeck, uh, a parent, a Californian, and daughter of Holocaust survivors. I urge you to make further changes and resist. Hello, my name is Jaden, and I am currently a junior my at name is Scott uh, Shane. Uh, my name is Amina, and I'm a student at San Diego State University. I'm a One of the callers works at San Francisco State University and actually played a key role in the original drafting of this curriculum. Hello, my name is Lada Kiswani, and I'm a faculty member in the College of Ethnic Studies. I would just like to say that this is an insult to all the legacy of the 1968 strike veterans. That is why they oppose this curriculum, as do all writers of the original Ethnic Studies model curriculum, and experts like Cornell West and Angela Davis. As Arabs, as people of color, you've erased us, displaced us, relegated us to an appendix, then whitewashed the entire curriculum. You've allowed those have historically benefited from racial hierarchies to define a discipline intended on eradicating racism. I hope none of your children have to experience what we as Arab youth, as Arab communities have had to witness today, including people of color. They are way too smart for this nonsense and deserve better. Thank you. Kiswani, an Arab American who's a faculty member at the San Francisco State College of Ethnic Studies, worked closely with the original writers of the model curriculum to help develop lesson plans. But then she says they felt betrayed. So the California Department of Education has offered a gutted, whitewashed curriculum for teachers to use as a model for ethnic studies. We engaged with CDE for a year and a half. We're not getting compensated for this work. You solicit us for lessons plans, we give it to you. You ask us to, be, to meet with experts, we set up those meetings for you. You ask us to give you data, we give you that, that data. And still, our voices are completely erased from the curriculum and you make changes that go against everything ethnic studies stands for and you ice us out of the process. At some point, we had to call it. It's important to remember, the people who condemn the model curriculum each have varying reasons as to why they disapprove. It can uplift the racism conversation that we're having now, but doing that doesn't require polarizing students or indoctrinating them into very specific militant ideology. Alina Kaplan is the co-founder of Alliance for Constructive Ethnic Studies, a group fighting the original model curriculum. It basically frames everything through this victim-oppressor lens. And instead of doing what the objective was supposed to do, which is build bridges and between communities and kind of unite and learn about each other and how can students and communities work together to confront challenges, 
including racism and bigotry. Instead, it divides people up into victims and oppressors and makes you identify yourself as one or the other. Kaplan shared an example of this playing out through an interaction she had with an interracial family. A woman that reached out to us not so long ago as a 10-year-old. The woman is black and her husband is white and the 10-year-old came home one day after some of this type of learning and and was asking questions about, so her, does her dad oppress her mom? And basically, where does that leave her? And this is exactly the opposite type of thinking that we want in an ethnic studies curriculum. In Kaplan's view, victimhood and elements of hatred were part of the original drafts of the ethnic studies curriculum. Conversely, the original authors of the curriculum felt that their initial drafts got so watered down as to not have any meaning. And we felt our reputations were at stake. Teresa Montano, a professor at Cal State Northridge, is one of those original 21 writers. It was so bad, all of them stepped away and took their names off the plan. The third version is when we decided to remove our names. And it was because it had moved so far from ethnic studies that it no longer was an ethnic studies curriculum. It was at best a multicultural U.S. history course. Years from now, people would uh, blame us for what the model curriculum had become. Montano says people without knowledge in the field had too much influence. We were the only ethnic studies educators um, that worked on this. Uh, the rest of the curriculum was decided by uh, thousands upon thousands of public comment. No other discipline, not math, not science, not social studies, is determined by folks who don't understand their discipline. By many who are actually anti-ethnic studies were able to contribute to constructing what ethnic studies in California would be. The final iteration was supported by mainly politicians and those who are outside of the field of ethnic studies. Kiswani and Montano are helping create a curriculum that they say better represents students of color. It's called the Liberated Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum Consortium. It includes about 50 educators, many of the original writers. Montano feels this work is necessary due to the denigration of the original framework by politicians and special interest lobbyists. What makes it even worse is not only did folks appropriate and that the California Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum become an all lives matter curriculum, and actually that is racist. It is racist for you to think that you can raise your voice and show your dollar bills and say, we want in on this 50-year struggle that we had very little to do with except for the last five minutes. Ethnic studies has obviously been a topic of debate for a long time. Ironically, in the midst of trying to figure out whose history we ought to teach in school, it seems like we are repeating history by having fights similar to those we had 50 years ago. While we are having these discussions about whose narratives should be included in history, it's important to remember what ethnic studies is really about. The ethnic studies is, um, is much more, of course, than just learning about your cultures. It's about humanity. And we've lost that. We've lost the importance of humanity and being kind to each other and to respect each other's differences. We can agree to disagree, we may not approve of everything, that's okay. 
but we should honor each other's cultures because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we look like or what color our skin is, we're human beings. And we all have something to offer. Ethnic studies is in the news more and more right now, with different states considering different plans. Advocates in some states want to make it a high school requirement. Opponents in other states want it watered down or even prohibited, claiming it's a form of critical race thinking that younger students aren't ready for. This whole battle over ethnic studies itself shows how significant the fight to control the narrative really is and the great divide over who determines the collective stories we teach about our nation's history. I'm Johnny Dorsal. This is Divided States, efforts to pull together when things fall apart. On the listening well, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Our editors are Sandy Tolan and myself. Our producers are Johnny Dorsal and Polina Cherisova. Allison Wolf is our sound engineer. The executive producer is me, Shirley Jihad. Big thanks to PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and Genevieve Sponsler. This program is made possible thanks to the USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. And thank you for listening. <laughs>